gotta stop banging, cause we can use that. I'm just saying, you gotta bang a new set. Been a minute for a minute, they figured I'd been dropped. But if I ain't did it for the right critic on me, I admit I would've been stopped. I ain't meant it for the Christ risen on a blind mission with a big dog. With a fine pin, I put my life in the lines with a six deer hip hop. Ten years and I'm still on the go. Flood coming and we filling the boat. Christ reigns and he's still on the throne. Your life changed when you give him control. I ain't traded a my shame for divine grace and a little bit of hope. I gave all of my pain, all of my chains wasn't with it, they broke. I came to the villa before. Christ came to deliver the soul. Price paid, now the string gotta go. Light came and delivered the blow. My aim wasn't quite fame, but the light came, so I live it and go. I came, yelling, get on the floor like a dice game, and I'm still on the road. He the lamb, lying, and he the go. Yeah. Christ came. What up, what up, what's going on today? It's your boy, Daedrin, and this is the Couch Potato Podcast, episode 30, 30. I'm by myself today again. Of course, again, again, Stephen is handling family emergency, which is understandable. Praying for you, Stephen, and your family, you know, this too shall pass. So much to talk about today, so much to get into today. Um, I don't even know where to begin, uh, but there's definitely going to be a part two of why the millennials have left the church. Yeah, I'm coming back for that. Also, how is it that cops want us to snitch, but they not snitching? I know that's going to be good. Um, and why is everybody stealing gas? Like, we're not stealing gas, but buying up all this gas. It's, 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 it's so much. Also, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame class, the enshrinement for the 2020 Hall of Fame class for, for basketball, you know, that featured Tim Duncan, KG, a.k.a. the big ticket. And, of course, our beloved, the late, great Kobe Bryant, a.k.a. Black Mamba. I mean, and, you know, there are other people like Kim Mulkey, Rudy, Rudy T., Rudy Tomjanovich. And, of course, you know, the NFL schedule has came out. Monday night games. I'm so excited right now, y'all. Y'all can see my excitement as I'm speaking to you all right now. You can tell I'm excited. So first off, let's get started by, it's, it's first off, it's graduation season. So shout out to all the graduates that are graduating in 2021. Um, don't matter if it's if you're graduating from elementary to go to middle school, middle school to high school, high school to college, college to get your master's, bachelor's, doctorate. Whatever degree you're going for, I'm proud of you. I'm saying it from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all the hard work that y'all doing, even though I don't know all of y'all personally. And I got to give a shout out to my oldest daughter, Julina Martinez. She's graduating from the eighth grade. I'm happy for her. Um, we're always happy for her. Me and my wife are always happy for her, right? No matter what she does. You know, I've, I've mentioned her in, you know, in previous podcasts about how, you know, Whatever, whatever it is she decides she wants to do, I support. So, you know, whether it's I have to be loud or I have to be quiet, you know, I'm still going to support her. Now, if she's doing anything illegal, then I'm not supporting that, obviously, right? But um, it, anything that she, just, whatever she puts her mind to do, because I know she can do it, it's been instilled in her. Plus, you know, she's one of God's greatest creations. 
<clears throat> we are God's greatest creation, just so we clear. Again, congratulations to the 2021 graduates. Keep up the good work. And it's time to get into these stories. Blum, 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 blum. All right, so the CDC says that if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask indoor or outdoors. For me personally, probably for me and my house, probably still going to wear a mask where we go. Because just because we're vaccinated doesn't mean that the person that we come encounter with or having to hang out with is vaccinated, right? So, no, we're going we're gonna to keep doing it. Keep wearing our mask. Because um, the, the CDC don't, don't control my life. Let's be clear about that. <clears throat> so judge is delaying the, the, the three other officers involved in the murder of George Floyd until 2022. Why the delay? Don't have a clue. Um, the, the person that we wanted them to get is George Floyd. I mean, not George Floyd, it's uh, Derek Chauvin, right? But these other three officers are held, held accountable as well. They're held to the same guilty, guilty, guilty because they were right there and didn't do anything. But isn't that amazing how that's how this world operates? We don't want to step in and help somebody or go to, or to defend someone. We'll sure record it. We'll, we'll sure stand there and watch. So... Yeah, that that's my that's my whole take on it. Um, I guess we'll find out more in the future. So, how is it that police officers can expect or want us to dime somebody out or snitch on somebody, but they're not doing it in their own department? Just a thought. I don't know if anyone has, anyone has ever thought about that. Be like, you know what? You know. Why do the police want us to snitch, but they not snitching? That is the million dollar question. I don't know. I have no clue. It's just one of those things where it's like, do as I say, but not as I do. And I know if you were born in the 80s or before, that was always the, men, the the mantra growing up in the in the home. Parents tell you don't do drugs, don't drink, don't do this, but you see them doing drugs and drinking. Like makes absolutely no sense. Or they tell you don't curse, or don't. Uh, I know my grandmother used to, used to believe that lying is a curse word, right? And so. And, you know, not not that I ever heard her lie about anything, but it was that, you know, this is what I'm telling you to do. Don't do it. But I've heard her say, I've heard her say, like, you're lying, right? And this is not a I'm bashing my grandmother type of thing. It's just, you know, you, you grow up in a situation or because, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not chosen to be born into this world. We don't, we don't choose our family that we're born into and things like that. It just happens that way. And if you think about it, we are born into that family for a purpose because I know for me, I want to break the generational curse, the generational cycle that's been going on in my family. My wife is the same way. You know, we're not doing what our parents did to us. So 
I mean, some I mean, some things are good to keep, but a lot of the stuff we we definitely have to unlearn. And I'm gonna definitely touch on that. So, actually, before I get to that, like I'm I'm getting to the why the millennials have left the church part two. Make no mistake, I'm gonna get into that. And I have my my phone Bible, although I do have a hard copy. Make no mistake. I have my Bible by, by my bedside, so I have a Bible with me everywhere I go, even if it's in my phone. Like, I'll just pull up scripture real quick and, you know, and give an encouraging word to somebody. Um, so, but why is everybody buying up all this gas? Like, it's almost like the same thing with the toilet paper. Like, people bought up all, bought up all this toilet paper, and you're like, you know, no one can answer that question. Why, why are they buying up all this toilet paper? And like now. People buying up all this gas, and you're like, um, why y'all buying up all this gas? You know, just a thought. All right, the big topic. Haven't heard any bad comments about why people have left the church, basically because, I mean, not saying that you can't question me, email me. I might leave my email. I mean, you can message me on Facebook, but I will act accordingly. So, anyway, why the millennials or my age group or the current age group are leaving the church? Part two. So, as I touched last week about it, and, you know, I talked about, you know, church hurt, all they're saying what's been going on in the church, and... You know, things like that. But we have to realize that we are the church, the people. So just because someone else is doing something or whatever, that doesn't mean we stop going because we know that the church that we go to is a hospital. Well, it's supposed to be a hospital. But it, it kind of sucks that the person that's leading the church is just as sick as the person that's in the... I mean, let me rephrase it. It's, it's bad when the person in the pulpit is just as sick as the person that's in the pew. Granted, we're not perfect. I am not perfect. I will never claim that I'm perfect. I will never claim that I'm above or better than anybody. But my boy um, that I watch on YouTube, um, which everybody should be watching, Redefine TV, this is a sermon series called Pressure, should be watching it. This past Sunday, and I'm giving him a shout out because that's my boy. Um, giving him a shout out. And this past Sunday, he talked about, you know, how when Jesus was being taken, well, not taken into custody because he was already in custody, whatever. But when charges were being brought against him, he didn't say a word. He didn't say not one word. Because when you know who you are, you don't you don't respond to what everyone else is saying. I mean, it was a mouthful. It was more than a mouthful. It was one of them where I could I could eat on that for about a week. But, so, let's dive back into this while the millennials have left the church. So, I didn't get a chance to talk about tithes and offering. I mentioned it, but I didn't really get into it. So, tithes and offering. Tithes, you know, is a tenth of what you what you what you earn, like when you go to work and things like that, right? 10%. So 
for, for, for those who don't understand the math, um, let's say you make $1,000 every two weeks. 10% of that, which is 100 you know, supposed to go to the church. Now, if you're not in a, now, and let, let me give this disclaimer. If you're not in church and you don't belong to a church, what you do with your money is perfectly fine, whatever it is you do. But if you're a member of a church, you claim that this is your church, you do this and that, you serve, you do this and that, and you struggle with paying your tithes, shame on you. I understand you got bills. I got bills too. But I've learned years ago, if you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. And I kid you not, have not had any issues, like literally, like things come up, yes, things happen or whatever, right? But sometimes some, sometimes the stuff that's happened is not because I'm not taking care of God's business. It's because I'm doing something outside of his will. Take a pause on that, put a pin in that, you can eat on that. Because a lot of times, we want to blame everybody else as to why, well, I thought if I do this, you get this. No, well, see, here's the thing. When you pay your tithes, you, you're not going to get back monetary or what you think is monetary. Like, we're we looking for something in the physical, but you never know that God could have blocked you from that accident. He could have blocked you from from whatever, whatever could have happened, or he could have put you in a situation where, now, th th this is a safe place for you. Let me put you right here. So instead of complaining to God as to why this is not happening for me, I'm doing, I'm following scripture, I'm doing this and that, everybody in the Bible that has prospered had to go through something. Look it up. You can even start in Genesis. You can start in Genesis. How Joseph... And his uh, ten brothers, you know, sold him into slavery because of a dream he had that he was going to be second in command. And I'm paraphrasing, but it, but it's in Genesis. Trust me, I've, I've read it multiple times. I've even had to explain it to the children at Children's Church. Um, and how he had this dream that he was going to be, um. Not saying that he was going to be more powerful, but he was definitely going to have a, a high position, a high-ranking position. His brothers didn't like it, so they sold him into slavery, and he had to go through some things in order to get there. Because, see, God can show us the plan he has for us, or he can show us our our end goal or, or where he's going to have us. But he never tells us what we got to do to get there. Right, so I give you, I give you an example. So, I remember this was what two thousand eight, maybe two thousand nine. I had a dream of a wedding that I was in. Saw people there, didn't know who my bride was, but I knew I was gonna marry this woman. This is in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Had to either be before my mother passed or after. So, had this dream of this wedding. Beautiful white dress, everything, people there, and could not see the face of who the wife was. Could not see. But I but I, I saw the wedding. Now, didn't know from 2009 or 2008, 2009 till 2014 before I met my wife that I was going to go through some relationship things that obviously 
I, I knew better, but I didn't do better. And it took for this woman to come into my life to correct me, not, not in a, a way of like she was hating on me or she was like trying to belittle me, but she came in a way in, in love to correct me in the areas where if I'm going to marry this woman, I need to be the man that she needs me to be and that God has called me to be. Now, this is a dream. Years ago, before I met my wife, didn't realize it until the wedding day we had in 2016 because we had a private ceremony at the end of 2015, and we had a wedding day, Valentine's Day 2016. And seeing it, how it all came true, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know what I was going to have to go through in order to get to where I was. And I'm going to tell you this, fellas, find you a wife who will elevate you because she's your helper. So she's going to help help you increase whatever it is in your life to help you be a better man. But remember, we're all flawed, right? So when we, she's not going to make you be a perfect man. She's going to help you be a better man. And granted, I, t I tell my wife all the time, I even tell my children, like, hey, I, don't, I, I do mess up, right? I mess up. I'm, I'm not perfect. I mess up. So, so, you know, seeing her come out, walk down the aisle, I was like, I had this dream about this woman years ago, and now I'm marrying her. So the struggles in, in the relationships that I, were in, that I was in helped me, propelled me for the woman that I have today. And we're going on six years of marriage. I tell y'all, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Having someone you could spend your life with, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And I'm not trying to get off topic, because, but it, it just shows you that people go through things in the Bible. So just because you're doing everything right, everything right, and something comes up and you want to ask, like, Lord, why is this happening? Well, instead of asking, Lord, why is this happening, Lord, what can I learn from this? And it takes time to get to that, to that spiritual maturity. So paying your tithes. And like I said, again, this is for the people who, who belong to a church who claim themselves, well, this is the church I attend. Like the church I attend is Thomas Celebration Ministry Church. Pay my tithes there every two weeks because it's income earned. Speaking of income earned, um, I know y'all have been paying attention to the lottery. And, you know, everybody's paying attention to it and everybody's like, oh, okay. You know, they always ask, you know, well, what are you going to do if you won the lottery? Well, they say, well, I'm going to pay my tithes to the church. Let's pause. Let's put a pin in that right there. Winning the lottery is not income earned. You can give a donation. You could, you know, pay offering, pay a love offering or whatever you want to call it. You can give a donation, but it's not income earned. Let me, yeah, so let me just debunk this whole thing of, if, if you win the lottery, I'm going to pay my tithes to the church. But see, if you read scripture, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, if you're faithful over a few things, I make you rule over many. So if you ain't faithful paying your tithes with the 10% you get from the, work, from the job you go to currently, whatever the 10% is on the gross pay, not the net, the gross pay. Let me clarify that. 
10% on the gross pay. So again, let's try this again. If you get $1,000 every two weeks, and I'm saying this is the gross, taxes come out as about 8.5, 8.25% that comes out, you still pay that $100. Because as we like to say, Uncle Sam is going to get his money anyway. So still pay, pay, pay on the gross. So, yeah, that's income earned. Winning the lottery is not income earned. Playing bingo, winning money from playing bingo is not income earned. When you, when you get your tax refund, that is not income earned. Just, you know, just trying to clarify some things so people understand that, you know, everything is not, well, I got to pay my tithes. So... Make make sure that you have the understanding of when you're paying your tithes that 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 ten percent is of your gross pay, and really it's not that far off. So you you rather pay a little eight percent to say, well, I'm getting by. Well, no, it's not the same. But so that's that. So I've seen comments about you know. You know, why do we pray if God knows our thoughts? Or why do we do this if God knows this? If God sees all, you know, why we can't see him and things like that. It's like, you know, so it's, it's kind of like this. And this is for men and women. So when you have a conversation with somebody or you have somebody that you trust to have a conversation with, don't you tell them? Like if it's that's somebody that you can see. Like, I know for me, I have certain friends that I have certain discussions with about. Like, for me, raising, raising a teenage daughter, very difficult. But I talk to people who, or I talk to fathers, I should say. I don't want to say people. I talk to fathers who have raised teenage daughters or who are currently raising teenage daughters to ask, to ask them, how do they get through it? Like, I, like, like, what, like what's their technique and granted I listen I take it in even though their methods may be different from mine you know I still take it in as a, as a learning curve because you know being a father is is the probably and I might get in trouble for this actually you know what I'm gonna say it in the way being a father is a thankless job and it shows every year for Father's Day how we're treated I'm going to say that for another conversation, though. So, all right, so I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, when you have these conversations, when you have these conversations with people, you you, you tell them probably some of your secrets. Like, we all have best friends. Um, my wife is my number one best friend, but I have a best friend in Virginia. Not that I don't confide in my wife, Right. But you know, we, we we I mean we talk and honestly most of the time our conversations are just stuff in general, like how the boy hey, how are her boys, how is my family doing, things like that. And she may ask me a relationship question, um, as it pertains to, you know, her her getting involved with a guy. Um, and I give her the the best answer I can give her, but there would be that with anybody who asks me about relationships. I'm like, if it's something you're not gonna tolerate, 
don't deal with it. Like if if it's not a if it's not something you're willing to compromise in that relationship, don't do it. But like like for me, I was not gonna be with somebody who smoked. Why? Because my mother smoked. And I'm talking about cigarettes. But I mean any smoking for that matter. That's a, a deal breaker for me. It is no oh maybe maybe she'll quit. No. If you're smoking now, you 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 have no intention to stop smoking. And I don't want nobody to stop doing something because it's me. And and this is before before I got with my wife, right? But it would be anything. Like 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 let's let's make no mistake about, you know, whatever the deal breaker is. Like even now, like I say, God forbid anything happens to my wife. But if I was to ever get into another relationship, I'm gonna ask them, what is your relationship with God like? And I need to see it. Not 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 seeing it like like show me right away, see it. But I need I need to be able to observe and watch, you know, what you're doing as a woman. When you get angry, when you get upset, when you get frustrated about things, how do you handle it? You know? Like stuff like that. Because if your relationship ain't right regard vertically, then you can't help me horizontally. And it works vice versa. Like thing things have to change. Things have to have to, you know, we, we can put on this front for so long until it's exposed. So so um I know I'm kind of getting off topic. Actually, I'm not. I'm staying. I'm. I'm actually on topic. So, the conversation as as it pertains to praying to God, it's just having a conversation with Him, like having a general conversation with Him. Oftentimes, we 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 think that because we've done something wrong, that God is not going to forgive us. He's not going to, like, he's going to be mad at us. You know, the reason why, and I'll say this, the reason why God is not going to be mad at us is because his son died for us. So all he sees is the blood. He cleans, cleans us white as snow. But, you know, that doesn't mean keep doing it again. That's why in John 8, when the these priests brought the woman committing adultery, and... Jesus began to write on the ground, and he says to them, you know, he, he who is without sin cast the first stone. So all the priests, from the oldest to the youngest, walked out. Now, here's my question to that. Why did they bring this woman? Because they said they caught her in the act. So where, why didn't you bring the man to Jesus? Here is my sneaky suspicion that one of the priests was probably the one that, they, that she was with. Or, or... And, and this is just my thinking. Because it, it, it doesn't say, you know, who it was. She was, it just says that they caught her in the very act of committing adultery. So, how is it you got these priests who were, who were watching a man and a woman have sex? And then you go and get her. Like, aha! Let's see what Jesus does. And then Jesus tell him, he who is without sin cast the first stone. So could it be, and, and this, this is a number of, 
the way people may may take this as. So I've heard people say that because of the oldest sin the most, you know, that's how that's why they walked the way that they did. For me, I think all of them had the lust in their heart because they were watching. Maybe they were aroused. Who knows? Like I said, it, it doesn't say in in specific as to what was, you know, what what happened, how it happened. They just said they caught her in the very act. And Jesus said, he who is without sin cast the first stone, and it all walked out. And then when Jesus looked up, he was like, well, where are your accusers? Just like they left. Jesus said, well, sin no more. That was it. Like, so whatever it is that we think that we've done wrong, because of the blood of Jesus, he died on the cross. You know, we are forgiven. And we can live our lives. Yes, we make mistakes. Again, none of us are perfect. We're all flawed. So if you were going to leave the church because of what someone did, understand the 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 whole magnitude of what happened or in any situation. Because I'm basing it on people saying they're leaving the church because the church hurt or because of this person not saying that they said that they were going to do something. But here is here is my question. Why are we so caught up with church hurt? And but we're not talking about how the church is doing stuff for people, like paying their bills, helping their children get into college, doing all this X, Y, and Z. You know, but you know why? Because we so focused on the negative that we can't even see the positive in it. Prime example, I didn't get a chance to this past Saturday go out and evangelize with some of the members of my church because I'm part of the evangelist uh ministry we go out talk to people encourage them to come to christ and it doesn't matter where they are where the what the circumstance is they can still come to christ you've already been forgiven you just have to make that decision so so i didn't get a chance you know i told them i'm sorry whatever that i couldn't make it because you know i have a life and i have other things that i was taking care of at the time uh that day for that matter so, instead of trying to focus on the negative, well, this pastor said this, and, and that's not what it means, or this person did this, deacon such and such did this. So, yeah, like, we have all of these excuses, because that's what I believe that they are. I've used to have them. pretty sure other people have them. But you basing it on one person, and... What are you doing in that same process to do to help you be a better person? If that church is not for you, okay, lead a church. Now, I'm not saying church hop, because people do that. And as soon as the pastor don't say something that they don't like, they want to leave. Like, I'm just just throwing it out there. Let's say. The church says that they don't, you know, they don't allow um, the alphabet community in their church. Or if you are, you should have a desire to change, right? And I'm and I'm just just saying it. I'm I'm not saying a specific church does that, but I'm just giving an example. Well, you stop going there because of their their standard. But here here's the kicker: people like to say, but the Lord said, come as you are. Show me one scripture where it says that. 
if you could point to the scripture where it says, come as you are, because people like to say that, just like they say, only God can judge me. But people who say that mean they don't want to be corrected. I've said that before. And it's not a, oh, they hate me, do this and that. No. You can come if you're sick, but you have to be willing to change. And if you come to a church where there's a conviction, and now this now this is, does not negate anybody who commits adultery. This does not negate anyone who's fornicating in the church, right? This, this does not negate that. If you're doing that too, you need to clean up your act. You need to change. You need to get rid of whatever that sin, that, that lust you have in your heart. You need to get rid of that. I'm just giving an example so no one is confused as to, to what, I'm, what I'm getting at. But if you come to a church and they give everything straight from the Bible, Bible-led, Christ-led, and you don't want to change because they, they talked about something that you don't agree with. Well, the Bible is full of plenty of stuff that people don't agree with. It's plenty of stuff in there that people don't agree with. You know, give you an example. A lot of people don't agree with, you know, loving your enemy, blessing them, blessing your enemy, Lord, bless, you, bless my enemies, stuff like that. A lot of people don't believe in that. But that don't mean, that don't mean you don't do it. Because anytime you disobey, because what well, my old pastor used to say, partial obedience is full disobedience. So you can't be like, well, I don't agree with this. I'm going to stop reading it. Or I'm going to create my own Bible and, and do, do things like that. Like, no, that's not how that works. Because God is gonna, God's word is going to last forever. The, the, uh, Flower phase and the trees wither, but the word of God will stand forever. Period. Probably gonna have to do a part three. Hopefully, Stephen will be back. You know, again, I'm praying for him and his family, but I hope I hope he's able to come back so I can get his perspective. Because I don't want it to be just my perspective; I want it to be his perspective as well. All right. So my cousin, um, he he shares a lot of stuff on Facebook. Um, he's in the Air Force. Or whatever, and he shared something about, you know, instead of teaching our children about something, let's teach them about financial literacy. I'm like, I'll go a step further. Instead of teaching them about sex education, let's teach them about financial literacy, meaning let's teach them how to spend money, where to spend money, how to budget, and things like that. You know, we... As a society in America, when we want to throw sex at these children, and now they have these thoughts, these feelings, these groanings, these emotions or whatever inside of them to make them believe that, to make them believe that, that, um, that sex is okay to talk about. But then, I like to say this as well. We can have, we can talk about sex, you know, at schools, or we can talk about sex in general conversations, but as soon as the church talk about sex, oh, they shouldn't be talking about that. No, you 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 need to know you need to learn how to do it the right way. Cause sex is God's design, not the world's. But the world, like we always do, and I'm saying we as a whole, have turned it into making something as a as a, as an event, if that makes sense. Or as this thing where it's like, oh yeah have sex 
Let's do it. Like even now, people are probably like, he's talking about sex? No, I'm talking about educating your child to wait till they get married. Because the number one thing that people don't talk about and these schools don't talk about is the spiritually transmitted demon. And it goes from whoever you have sex with, and that person may have had sex with, you 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 just transferring demons and don't even realize it. And then you wonder why you're acting the way that you are. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? But we can't teach them about financial literacy. Why? Because we don't want them to be financially free. We want them to buy these credit cards and things like that. And that's for one of the things for our oldest daughter that we're trying that we now we're trying, we are teaching her how to manage her money, how to do things like that. When she earns it, hey, give your ten percent to the church. Give your tenth, your tithe, your tenth to the church. So during the summertime we have her doing chores around the house. Like outside of her cleaning the kitchen. Cause her her kitchen's her duty every day. But outside of that, she's to, you know, let's say vacuum or whatever. She can earn money. But when she when she gets her money, she knows that that ten percent of it. The only thing is, we don't charge her for taxes. That's the only difference. So she knows that if she gets if she gets twenty dollars at the end of the week, she knows two of them dollars. Cause that's ten percent. I'm schooling y'all today. Uh, ten percent goes to the church. Now, if you want to give anything else more than that, that's fine. That that's you know, that's great. But we need to teach them financial literacy. We need to teach them how to budget and not just and not just by telling them, we need to show them. Because there's nothing greater than being financially free from having to be in debt. Right? So let, let's let's teach our ch- children financial financial literacy. Let, I mean, now we can we can still educate them. If they have questions about sex, but make sure it's the way that you get married. Because trust me, if I could turn that around, I would. I would have waited until I got married because now, and I'm just saying as an example, we're comparing to what we used to have to what we have now. And and the person that loses is the person that you're currently with because you're trying to compare, well, what this person used to do, this is what I like. You know, that type of thing. Texas man stabs wife over an argument about her wanting to go to church. Like, why would you? Well, in my opinion, I believe that that situation has been going on for quite some time because you don't just all of a sudden I'm going to stab my wife. Like, and every church is not a cult. Some of them are, but every church is not a cult. Because here's the thing, and I'm going to say this, and I hope I offend people. The difference between being a Christian and being part of a religion is that, well, because you don't want to follow Christ, you don't um, you want to do things your way. Well, in Joshua, the 24th chapter, Around the 15th verse. Matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I'm going to do y'all a solid and I'm going to read it to you what it says. 
I'm going to do y'all a solid, a real good solid. So this is what it says. Hold up. Wait a minute. So I'm going to start at yeah, Joshua 24, verse 14. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It basically says, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols and ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live in? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. This scripture basically resonates with the whole Bible. God gives us free will to make a choice. You choose God or you choose the world. Can't have both. Can't have both. But he gives us free choice. He gives us free will to choose. God is not going to be, not, God is not going to knock at your door. Be like, hey, hey yo, Daedron, um, I need you to come serve me. Next day. Daedron, why you not serving, brother? Why you not serving, my child? No. God's not going to knock at the door and beg you to come serve him. No. You have that choice. Everybody has a choice. And whatever it is you choose, stick with that decision. Now, God is not going to turn his back on you. He's still going to be there with open arms waiting on you to come back. Because like children, we, we, like as soon as we leave the house, we want to do, do our own thing. But then it would be so funny how, like for me, I was so happy when I turned 18 and I left to go to the military, I stopped going to church. Because I was like, I've been in church all my life. But now I get upset if I miss church. And this is before the pandemic. Obviously, you know, you have a wife and children. Someone has to take, we, we usually take turns on going to church. And I believe, I believe I'm going to try to get us back to doing that. One way or another. Um, but that's something we're going to work on. But yeah, I feel like if she wants to go to church, let her go to church. Shouldn't stop her. You know, maybe, maybe it's something that you can learn from her because, and again, nobody's perfect. We're all flawed, but maybe she's going for a reason. Maybe she's sick, no matter what the illness is, but she wants to be healed from something. And that may be the place she goes to get healing from. Another big topic that's been that's been discussed lately, um, Gary Owens' wife, ex-wife now, is asking for forty-four thousand a month in spousal support. But then I was told I was stupid for my comment. I said so. My comment was, if that's what she's asking for, I believe she's entitled to it because here's the tape: she's been given this lifestyle to live, right? This lifestyle to live, where she. And I don't know if it's with child support as well, or I don't know how many children that they have. I can always look that up. But, you know, if that's what you're asking for, you know, I don't know if that's too much or if it's too little or whatnot. And the person that tried to tell me that I was stupid, or, or not that I was stupid, but the comment I made was stupid because of the entitlement 
I'm not entitlement. Like, if she's asking for that amount, give it to her. But here's the kicker. I believe it should work vice versa. If a woman is bringing in the bacon, she needs to be able to compensate for her husband's lifestyle that you've given him. Let's not create the double standard. So his comment was, if you leave a relationship, you should be able to just do it on your own. Mm, that's fine and dandy. But a lot of people who are, who are in relationships doing stuff a lot less, for a lot less than what she's asking for. So, like, and, you know, and, and, I, and I told him, I said, I'm like, I'm not saying that you're wrong. But we can have a difference of opinions and not be like, this comment is stupid, right? Because at the end of the day, I mean, like, I'm okay with disagreeing with people. I'm not going to hate you because we disagree. Like, that is crazy, and I've said that before. So the city of Columbus is paying the family of Andre Hill $10 million. This does not mean that the police get to get out, get out of jail free card, just so we clear about that. You can pay the family money all you want. It doesn't bring... They didn't bring uh, Mr. Hill back. You know. No. That, that does not mean that, oh, well, we, we paid we paid them the money, so we should let this police officer get off now. That ain't even how that worked. So a man kills his wife, then himself in a murder-suicide. That seems to be a lot that's going on lately. Don't know for whatever reason, but domestic violence is... Is going on ridiculously, and we got to change this whole narrative. Like, keep your hands to yourself. But, again, you know, something that's not being discussed is that maybe he was taught that, that that's what love is, if, if I hit her. Or she may have been taught that, because it works both ways. It's very unfortunate. And it happens. Also, a woman lures ex-husband and shoots and kills him. Sister says that the woman was was abusive to her brother. And we need to have more conversations about this. We need to have more conversations about women putting their hands on men. Because uh, a man can be can be taught not to put his hands on a woman. And not, not that the man is soft, but because he's been taught this way to not put his hands on a woman, right? So he's doing it the right way, and this woman is is abusive because all she saw was her mother hitting her father all the time, and her father didn't do anything. So we got to get out of it. Like, like, we can have these conversations about men putting their hands on women and what we need to do to prevent it. But we don't want to have these conversations about women putting their hands on men and men supposed to be like, oh, he's a man, he can handle it. No, no one, no, no one want, no one wants to be hit, especially if they're aggressive about it or if they mad or upset about it. Um, prime example, I always tell my oldest daughter that keep your hands to yourself, period, right? And I tell her if you touch somebody, you don't. You don't, like, I mean, I, and I, what I'm saying is, like, like if, if it's an accident, that's one thing. But if it's a, 
y'all playing and this person says stop and you touch them again, like what if it's a small touch and they haul off and hit you? Well, I'm like, you don't you don't get to you don't get to decide on how that person responds to what you did to them. Keep your hands to yourself. If they say stop, stop. Right? Because that, that's the thing, right? No means no. Well, stop means stop. So we, we need to have conversations about women putting their hands on men and how they need to keep their hands to themselves. Because if you put your hands on a man and he decides, you know what? I ain't taking this no more. And he hauls off and blesses your game. You can't be mad that you cannot be mad that that man bless your game because you hit him first. Because, again, you cannot decide on how a person responds to what you do to them. So, I've, I've been teaching my oldest daughter, like, I, I tell her to stop doing something she touched me again. I don't hit her, like, extremely hard, but I hit her hard enough to know that, hey, you don't, you don't get to decide on my response to it, but I barely touch you. I said, no, you don't get to do that. But if, I, but if I say stop or don't do that and you do it again, well, you, you're violating my, my, my peace, my privacy or whatever. And now I have to make a decision on what I'm going to do. But I'm teaching her now so that way in the long run she doesn't have to, you know, deal with that. Because I told her, so you don't, again, don't allow no man to put his hands at the first time a man do it, you need to leave him, period. It ain't about, oh, he loves me. If he loves you, he's not going to put his hands on you. And it works vice versa. Don't don't you go around putting your hands on an, another man either. <clears throat> so, that's that. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Vaccines are now provided for children the ages 12 and 15. Will you allow your child to get vaccinated? Um, For me... If my child decides she wants to, if my child decides she wants to, I'm, I'm, I'll support it. If she says no, that's her decision. I'm not going to force her to do anything. So that's that. Summertime is around the corner. And I don't really have any plans except I think me and my wife and the children, we're going to probably go down to Corpus or something like that to... You know, go to the beach. They can have fun at the beach or whatever. <clears throat> so Common believes that black people can end racism by extending love to white people. I'm like, say what now? Come again? Now, if he's coming in the biblical sense, that's to love your enemies. And pray that God blesses them. Cool. So, how do you extend love to somebody who hates you from the moment they see you? Because in their mind, all blacks are evil or ugly or this and that. And ain't even had a chance to get to know us. And let me guess, because they're white, they're they're pure, they do nothing wrong. Nah, you're just as evil as you look. So, we can end racism by having conversations. Don't You don't necessarily have to extend love, but we can end it by having conversations. 
that's that's my take. If we have these conversations, then we we might we might be able to get somewhere. Whew. Three things that aggravate a black man. One of the things I can say is that police brutality brutality aggravates me. That's number one. Number two, deadbeat dads. And number three, deadbeat moms. Who are, and I'm saying that from the sense of a woman using an excuse to keep a child from their father. Yeah. Like, honestly, um, I really don't do well with stupidity. But, yeah. Police brutality and the blindness that whites see. Well, he should have complied. Well, he shouldn't have used better judgment. But we don't want to talk about that, right? Or we don't want to talk about how Kaepernick knelt for the racial injustice that's going on and all colonizers can say is that, oh, he disrespecting the flag. Well, the flag is being disrespected every football game when it's being laid flat. You, you, you can look up the code. I'm not going to repeat it for you. There be dads who, who are okay with laying with a woman but don't want to take care of the responsibilities that come with it. This is why you should wait till you get married. And the third thing is, again, like I said, moms who are who are deadbeats because, oh, the, the guy doesn't want to be in a relationship with you, but he wants to take care of his child. So you're going to do any and everything to prevent that, that child or children from being with their father. So, yeah, that's that. <clears throat> now, grief. Whew. Does everyone need to follow the same rules over losing a loved one? No. Everybody grieves differently. Me losing my mother and my father and my grandparents and my uncle, I dealt with it differently. Losing my mother, I was definitely out of church. I would, you know, go visit the church or whatever, but I wouldn't like faithfully going back. This is 2008. I was in the military and I was honestly from Thursday to Sunday partying. So, when I lost my mother, right, like, it did something to me. It, it, it honestly really elevated me doing what I was already doing that I shouldn't have been doing. But losing my grandmother, losing my grandfather, you know, it was different because they were up in age. Right? Grandmother was, uh, I believe, 86 when she passed. My grandfather was 95 when he passed. So, because... You know, when you get older, you know, stuff starts to break down, just like a vehicle, just like a house, just like anything you have, appliances, computers, things like that, breaks down. It happens. So, you know, we all grieve differently. Now, my uncle, on the other hand, who passed away um, in February of 2019, that was different because it was unexpected. And it was tough to deal with. Right, so um, everyone deals with it differently. Like now, if I lost one of my brothers, or even if I lost my wife, yeah, I'm a boohoo cry because they're my brothers. It's my wife, even if my children. 
you know, can't replace my wife, can't replace my children. Shoot, I mean, you really can't replace anybody. You know, but it's the way the world, it's how the world operates. We're all born to die. We're going to die at some point. The only thing we can do is encourage each other to know that, you know, it, you know, we're praying for you, you know, and we hope that, you know, you find peace during this time. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you want people to find find peace. So, um, have a little throwback real quick. Thinking about what is, what is one of the funniest things I've done. I've done a lot of funny things. Done a lot of crazy things. Done a lot of stupid things. I believe the funniest thing I've probably done, this is the time at the funeral home, um, when I was working at the funeral home, where I would put someone's hands together, but I would bump the casket enough to where their hands come apart to, to scare my coworkers. Now, to only scare my coworkers, not to scare families that come in and things like that. No, that's that's just wrong. But I would definitely like scare my coworkers. I would bump the casket enough to where they didn't suspect that I bumped it, but they moved, but the deceased hands dropped down to scare them or whatever. They'd be like, man, stop playing. <laughs> that's funny. To me, that's funny. All right, let's talk about sports and stuff. So, football, NFL schedule has came out. What games am I excited to see? Well, I mean, I'm going to try to watch as many as I can. I know Steven's going to be big on the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm going to be big on the Cowboys. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm hoping the Texans go 0-16. Uh, even the Monday night football schedule was released. Um, I'm going to try to give you a quick rundown. The Ravens and the Raiders uh, the first week. Lions and the Packers. Packers are probably going to win even without Aaron Rodgers. Um, Eagles and the Cowboys. Obviously going to watch that one. The Raiders and the Chargers. That would be an interesting game. The Colts and the Ravens. The Bills and the Titans week six. The Saints and the Seahawks. May not be as interesting. Maybe Bills and um, New Orleans might be a more interesting game because of the, the dome. The Giants and the Chiefs week eight. The Bears and the Steelers. Justin Fields probably be starting by then. The Rams and the 49ers. That ought to be a good game. The Giants and the Buccaneers. Um, Buccaneers, they probably still be undefeated after they beat the Giants. Um, the Seahawks and the Washington football team, that might be an interesting matchup in Week 12. The Patriots and the Bills, the rivalry game. Um, hopefully Cam Newton is healthy and is able to, well, I think the Patriots will still win. Well, who knows? The Rams and the Cardinals, that ought to be a good one. The Vikings and the Bears. Week 16, the, the Dolphins and the Saints. And week 17, the Browns and the Steelers. That ought to be a good game. That Whoever wins the game might win the division. Um, Tom Brady's father has spoke about the Buccaneers playing the Patriots. Like, basically saying, be ready because we coming. Type of ordeal. So even, and it's crazy, right? Despite that the Packers have have a bunch going on with Aaron Rodgers and things like that. They still got five primetime games. And um, 
in Jacksonville. Not everybody's thrilled with Tebow signing. Well, he hasn't been signed yet. But do you kind of blame him? Like, this dude hasn't played in almost 10 years, and he's never played a down to tight end. Like, how does that work? And the one time he played tight end, the ball hit him in the head. Now, I'm not knocking Tim Tebow for him being a positive person, him being a, a Christian man, him, you know, very optimistic about everything. You know, he believes in his abilities. But even with him playing in, uh, trying to play baseball, trying to get to the majors, um, he never made it to the majors. I mean, he didn't have a good batting average. But, you know, oh, because it's Tim Tebow, let's root him on. No, brother, when you suck, you suck, no matter how optimistic you are. So, that's that. Um, the play-in, the NBA starts today. Um, I believe the Lakers and the Warriors are going to move on in the West. I believe the Wizards might get a spot as well. And who else? Boston might get in just because... Oh no! Actually, I take that back. I'm giving. I'm give the, the the nod to the Hornets and the Wizards to come out the East. And out of those four teams, who the most dangerous? Well, the two teams in the West, obviously, because Steph Curry can drop fifty for four games and win and win the series for him. So can LeBron and AD can do it as well. Um, Victor Oladipo is gone for the season. Can the Heat? Make another run at the finals without him. I believe that Candy did without him last year. And they got other pieces to, that's added to them. The NBA creates an award to honor Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that strives for, for social justice. And, of course, you know, there's, there's always uh, hatred coming from the colonizing community. Um, because he was there when Muhammad Ali was being taken to court in support of him because of him, quote-unquote, being a draft dodger. But, you know, you got colonizers who are draft dodgers and they become president, but we don't want to talk about that, right? So I'm for it, um, and I believe it's going to be given probably at the end of this end of this season or whatever. Lakers raised their 17th banner, tied with the Celtics. And they still, uh, they had a shot, but uh, – Six seed, but you know, they're the seventh seed, and all I gotta do is win once and they're in. When looking at the totality of the entire NBA season, who do I believe is the MVP? Eh, gotta say Steph Curry. And Defensive Player of the Year, gotta say Jeff Green. I mean, not Jeff Green, Draymond Green. Rick of the Year. I, I still think it should go to a LaMelo Ball, even though he missed some games. That's my take. Harden has returned. And can the Nets get that chemistry together to compete for a title? Um, the Rockets now have the best odds to get the number one pick. Who do they take? Shoot, they can take the first three or four people that come up. They can get Evan Mobley. They can get Kay Cunningham or whoever they need to get to make that team better. Um, the Yankees coaching staff, almost the entire coaching staff, is out due to COVID-19. Um, the Dodgers, uh, one of their young players, out for the season shoulder surgery. And they've also signed Albert Pujols after the um, 
angels released him. First, they sent him down to uh, they sent him down to um for assignment, reassigned him is what they call it. Then they released him, and the Dodgers picked him up. And last night, he got an RBI single. Now, is this the end for Albert Pujols, aka the Machine? It's starting to show. Father Time is starting to catch up with him. I mean, and unless you're a pitcher, you know you can you can pitch between the season. You can't necessarily hit the ball because things slow down. Well, your body slows down. Everything else speeds up. Um, the Oakland A's are looking to relo- looking for a relocation destination. Where does she- where should they go? Should be like everybody else. Go to Vegas. So this seems to be the the popular place to go. Um, Teofimo Lopez is going to have his first title defense on June 19th, a.k.a. the Blacks' Independence Day. Um, I don't know much about Cambosos, so I'm going to have to just look at some of his matches to see how Teofimo is going to handle him. Because that's usually what I do. Like, I'll look at whoever the person is fighting. Like when um, Terrence Crawford fought um, Kill Brook, I was like, yep. Bud Crawford's going to knock him out. So, there are coaches in Louisiana that questioned the NCAA decision to cancel the women's golf uh, regional tournament or whatever. And I believe it was in Baton Rouge, right? So, it, it, it was raining a whole lot in Louisiana, and it's still raining in Louisiana. And it's going to be raining throughout hurricane season, right? So, the fact that these coaches are upset. Now, granted, the NCAA could have moved it to a, another another place, but I mean, they made a decision and they stuck with it. They're not, you know, they're not changing their mind on what they did. So, Tillman Fertitta believes that he's he feels good about the Rockets' future. Well, it depends on who you draft and who's going to fit well. Me personally, I believe they should. Fit the team around Christian Wood. Like, he should be their, their player to build around. Now, in my opinion, I believe Christian Wood is a true four, not a five. So, I will definitely try to com- com- put him with someone who's a five where if Christian Wood drives to the basket, hey, someone like Evan Mobley could pick up the slack. Or they they do need a point guard too. Jalen Suggs wouldn't be a bad option as well. Um, Carmelo Anthony <laughs> is the only player in the top ten scoring list without a ring or MVP award. It's no surprise. Um, you had a chance to go play in Chicago when you became a free agent, and you elected to stay in New York. And then after y'all went eight and nineteen, you decided to say. Well, I, sh- I should have made the decision to go to Chicago. No, well, you should have went there because you would have been with D. Rose, Joe Kim Noah, and I think a young Jimmy Butler would have was there as well. But you made a decision to do what you wanted to do. Hey, passions of the Busby. So according to the women in the Watsons case, they're saying that the NFL is not respecting them. Well, when you got insufficiencies or errors that's going on in in these reports, why would the NFL take you serious? And the Molly Karams of the world who say that 47% of the women watch the NFL, support us like we support you, 
Well, again, I go back to say how many women that watch the NFL are supporting Deshaun Watson. And I'm going to leave it at that. Former Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguar, Jimmy Smith says that Cap will divide the team and that the team needs Tebow. No, the team don't need Tebow. And if you think that Kaepernick is going to bring a division, well, that team is already divided already. So this past weekend, the Hall of Fame enshrinement was here and, uh, you know, featuring Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and the late, great Kobe Bryant. Also, Kim Mulkey and Rudy Tomjanovich. Um, and also gave an award for the announcers like Mike Breen, Michael Wilbon. It's like the announcers award or journal, journalism awards. So the 2021 uh, Hall of Fame class has been announced and it's featuring Chris Weber, finally. Paul Pierce, who I'm on the fence about being a Hall of Famer. I mean, he got a ring, but yeah. And Ben Wallace. So, um, this weekend, Jose Ramirez is fighting Josh Taylor. I think both of them are undefeated. I don't know what's going to happen. guess you just got to wait and see. Final thoughts, and I'm going to get out of here. Uh, so, in order to change the narrative on how we view each other, like, change the perspective on how we see each other, there will always be negativity. I'm saying that to say that because um, ABC 13's um, news reporter Erica Simon, she posted a picture congratulating her husband for, you know, being a father, being a husband, being an awesome father, awesome husband, and things like that. And there's always one person or a couple of spoiled apples or worms, I should say, that come ruin it. So because it, it was believed under this impression that Erica Simon's husband doesn't work. And he just takes care of the home. But if that's how the household is ran, so what? That's none of your business. And then he like wanted to throw God in and then stuff like that. But dude comes in there and says, don't forget that I run a, a multi-million dollar construction company. And I do this and I do that. And I'm a producer and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's the problem right there. And I guess it was a black man that was negative. Just that, that I might add. Got to throw that out there. Also... The 2020 Hall of Fame class, in my opinion, is probably the best star-studded one in a while. And yes, I am in agreement with Rudy Tomjanovich when he says, let's get Robert Ori in the Hall of Fame. Because, yes, he has seven rings. He has more than Jordan. Are we going to say Robert Ori is the GOAT? Probably not. But he helped the Rockets get two rings, got three for the Lakers, and two with the Spurs. Ain't that something? Two of the players in the 2020 Hall of Fame class, Robert Lewis contributed to them getting five rings. Of course, y'all know I don't own the music that I play, but the music you heard today was Christ Gang by Bizzle. This your boy, Daydream. I'm being summoned to get out of here. I'm kidding, I'm not. Uh, until next time, man, y'all be safe, be out there. I love you. Peace.